1: Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today my guest is the living legend and icon, Kathy Najimy. There's so many things you could know her from. I think in my little world, it's all about Sister Act, Hocus Pocus, King of the Hill, Veep. Okay, no, there's lots of projects, lots and lots of things to love Kathy and Jimmy in. And we're going to talk about all of them as well as our many shared encounters in real space. That's all today on Hi Jinx. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some new Hi Jinx. M. Oh. M. Mom. Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi, Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by actress, comedian, writer, activist, and one of my favorite witches, Kathy Najimy.
0: Hi, Kathy. Hi, Jinx. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to see you. You know that I'm not a fan of a lot of people, and I'm such a fan of yours. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you so much. We have crossed paths um, so many times serendipitously. Mm-hmm. I think most notably was the first time we met, which was on a gay cruise. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: <laughs> you so many, and me, yes. yes. And so I was doing my my uh, one person show and just getting mm-hmm. to get off get off the next day because you know how sometimes they um, they just fly you there and you do your show and then you get off at the yeah. next port. And I, somebody said, "Oh, before you go, uh, late later tonight, you've got to go see the show." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and I went, and my mind was blown. And I have to tell you, I am a tough audience. Like I never <laughs> like anything. <laughs> I want to like things, and I loved <laughs> it so much. And I said, "I must meet this person." And did we bump into each other? Like. Starboard, like star, Where did we meet? Did we? Were we at the fries, or where were we?
1: Oh, so first we met backstage, mm-hmm. but then we ran into each other. Um, you and Missy Pyle mm-hmm. um, were were roaming around the ship together, and the three of us then went to the very, very back of the ship. I don't know what mm-hmm. that's called, and we all yeah. sat there and swapped our war stories, and mm-hmm. it was one of the best nights of my life. And I just so happened to be wearing skeleton pajamas and had my face painted like a skeleton because of the costume <laughs> part of <laughs> that night. So I'm sitting there like, of course, I have to meet one of my idols, Kathy Jimmy, one of my favorite funny ladies, Missy Pyle, with a full face of Skeletor makeup for some reason. But that's how life works out.
0: Yes, Kathy. and you know, that's just another Tuesday for you. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's so far away from how you dress. And love. So it was fine. No, I remember just, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not proud of this, but I hardly ever <laughs> love, I, I hardly ever, I think I might have told you this. I never, I hardly ever love anything. So when I see something that I love, not only am I loving it, but then there's this higher layer of appreciation that I'm actually loving something. So there's <laughs> two, two things going on. And I was so moved. Look at, you know, I love all I love and support all drag shows. I've I've known Rue since he was I think 18. So oh, yeah. And so all of that's exciting. But then that you were such a great writer and actor was what made my nipples hard. <laughs> Well, maybe
1: your standards are so high because you are one of the hardest working women in show business. Your career spans decades. You have played such iconic roles. You are a queer icon. You've worked with just countless powerful women. Um, And then from, you know, just the interactions I've had with you, even on that first night on that cruise ship... I can tell that you are someone who just you do a job and then you're on to the next job <laughs> <laughs> and you're very you're very efficient that way. Um how did it all begin? I I know from seeing your one person show. I know some early origins of of um, your work as a performer. And there's a really, really great story about, about how you met um, one of our mutual idols, Bette Midler, um, in your one person show. I don't want you to give away spoilers for your show. But if you feel like sharing any details of that story, it's one of my favorite things I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I probably won't be doing my show soon. I yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I I'm on the I'm on the cusp of like retiring into just doing keynote speeches and <laughs> <like> <laughs> drinking bubble tea for the rest of my life. Yeah. But um yeah, no, uh, it's interesting because I, as growing up, um I grew up in Southeast San Diego, which was sort of a lower income place and um there was four there was six in our family four kids and my dad worked two jobs and we were Lebanese and I wasn't a thin beautiful blonde person so I had to come up with a a personality and a reason to be early on and mm-hmm. when I was about 15 I discovered Bette Midler um, I had already, I had, so I had, I had Gloria Steinem as one shining light in my life, of like one of the most important, fantastic, beautiful people ever. And then I had Bette Midler, and somewhere in between mm. was me, sort of climbing up their <laughs> legacies. And um, but I, I rode my bike to the Kmart, and with the money that I had um, gathered from belly dancing for my drunk uncle Fred the night before. <laughs> I I went and I bought the Bette Midler album and I came home and I saw her on TV and I just had never seen any anything like her. Anyway, that resulted in two sort of longer stories, which I'll tell quickly, which was one that I, I wanted to meet her so bad. I was working at a singing telegram place in San Diego for Doe. And so I only I couldn't fit into the bellhop uniform because they were like mini skirts. But I was a different thing. It's like I was a big white furry bunny. So <laughs> me and my then gay boyfriend, Greg, got in the um, I mean, he was my boyfriend. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it I was picking that apart a little bit. But you know yeah. what?
0: It yeah, was the 70s. It, it was a, I, I loved him. I still love him. He's, he's one of the most premier uh costume designers in the world right now. But anyway, so we went up, we went up on the bus with the big furry bunny suit on my lap. And then when the concert was over, I put on the suit and I went backstage and I said, singing because I worked at the singing telegram place. So I was pretending. I said, sing a telegram. I got a sing a telegram for Beth Miller. And they said, wait here. And I waited for about 45 minutes. While my then idea of famous people went by, it was like, oh, my God, Sylvester Stallone and Susan Anton and somebody else and Calvin Klein and one of his pretend girlfriends at the time. And, And so then they said, come back. And I came back. And she was surrounded by these both famous taller people. And she's short-ish, you know. And Mm -hmm. so I was jumping up and down saying, telegram, I have telegram for (laughs) Bette And she looks up and sees this 200-pound bunny. And (laughs) she says, oh, my God. Anyway, I went in. I sang the telegram. I handed her the telegram. And she. She said, Kathy? Who's Kathy? And I said, I hugged her. I said, I don't know. I don't know who Kathy is, but I love you too. I love you too. And I hopped hopped out to where the chauffeurs were waiting with their limos, and I passed out cold on the lawn. And the other one, (laughs) the the other story I'll make make a lot shorter, was when I was at the Hollywood Bowl for the big um, gay night. It was in the 70s. And it was a big um, concert with all these pro-gay people. And um, she came out and uh, I freaked out I, I ran from my friends who I was sitting with at the end of the show and jumped on top of Tom Waits piano on the stage <laughs> and back backstage with a bunch of guards after me and they were after me and I was I'm not a fast runner and I'm opening every door and then finally I opened the door and there she was sitting and she looked up and she said hello and I said <laughs> hi and, and it had been sort of a rocky night for the performers anyway. And so I said, <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she and I said, hi. And she was smoking a cigarette. She said, hi. And I said, um, I love you. And she said, <laughs> Thanks. And and then I was turned to go, because I heard the guards running, literally like Keystone Cops coming after me. And then she said, wait, what's your name? And I said, Kathy. And she said, thanks, Kathy. And I said, you're welcome, Beth. And then they grabbed me, and they took me to the jail at that venue. (laughs) (laughs) And then
1: then to think of hearing that story, and then to think of the way that um, fates weave, that then... (laughs) Flash forward, you're starring in one of the most iconic and celebrated witch films in the queer community and Mm -hmm. beloved by children and drag queens alike. Um, And now you've just had uh, a second movie. What, 30 years later? Yeah, 30 years later. What's it
0: like doing a sequel 30 years (laughs) later? I mean, parts of it are fun. It's interesting because... Like, we all had joint problems. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah. um, it was interesting, you know, uh, It, of course, it wasn't quite as exciting as the first one. When mm-hmm. I came on set, she had no idea that I was the crazy lady <laughs> in the buddy or the lady who ran backstage and got taken to jail. Yeah. So, like, you know, and if we, we've had, a, of course, a relationship for the last 30 years. So, uh-huh. you know, it was great. It, you know what the greatest part was, was working with those kids. Those kids were so just amazing and graceful and confident. And I just loved working with them so much. Yeah. But no, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, I still, I, you know, I go to dinner with Bet and I, of course I'm me. I'm 65 mm-hmm. year old me, but there is a little <laughs> bubble above my head always, which is like, can you fucking believe
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just love that because I can just relate to that so much. And I think it's easy. I think it's easy to forget people that we've known our whole lives, like I've known you my whole life through your work. Mm -hmm. And more than that, like, your work has specifically spoken to me as a queer person and a drag queen. And I'm not just talking about Hocus Pocus. There is a gay icon in Peggy Hill.
0: <laughs> and
1: and I just, I feel, um, you know, it's always so surreal to meet someone you've known your whole life in this kind of fantastical sense. And then it's even more surreal to then hear a story about them like, Um, dressing up as a bunny to get backstage Mm -hmm. (laughs) to meet Bitt Midler. And I'm like, I would do that. I probably have done something (laughs) like that. Um, It's just really lovely. Do you know that King of the Hill has become... Um, first of all I'm a huge Time King of the Hill fan I've watched every episode I I love the satire Um, but it it has recently become very popular in meme culture amongst young people lots of stills taken from the show and then quotes put with it to to express a specific mood or emotion (laughs) and Peggy Hill has become quite popular on the internet and you know she She is just such a fascinating character and you voice her so well. And I I, I said this to you when we were sharing a dressing room in Provincetown, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) one of the many times our paths have crossed. Mm -hmm. But I said that so many people are shocked to hear that the nun from Sister Act and Mary from Hocus Pocus is also the voice of Peggy Hill. And you said to me, Good. That means I'm doing my job right. If you don't know right away that it's me, it means I I gave the character a unique voice and I'm doing my job right. What was it like voicing a character for nine seasons, 10 seasons, 11? That's that's a lot of seasons for an animated show.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I am um, I'm kind of a picky person because I really (laughs) I am. I don't I don't. Take a lot of jobs that aren't well written because I really care about mm-hmm. writing so much because I'm a writer. Did, did, were you able to stay and see my one woman show in Pro, in Providence or no?
1: I mean, in I didn't see it in Provincetown. Yeah. I didn't see it in Provincetown, but I saw your show on the cruise. Was it the same show?
0: Ish, kind of ish. Yeah. Anyway, ish. so okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I I really care about writing, and I I read the script. When I was pregnant with Samia, I think I was like eight months pregnant, and I went in mm-hmm. and to audition. And as I was walking in, I saw these like such great actresses that I admire leaving the room, and my my soul went like blum 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 <laughs> because I was like. <laughs> right? But I went in uh, so pregnant, and um, Mike Judge and Greg. Um, oh God! Please don't let me forget Greg Suss. McKinnon. No, the producer, no. the guy who created King of the Hill, I'll think of it in a minute. But anyway, he's a genius. <laughs> he sent so many things. Anyway, and so they, I walked in, and they, they had a, a pencil drawing of Peggy, um, in this uh-huh. bungalow, um, it, you know, on the CBS lot or something, and, and they said, look, don't look at us, look at the drawing, and just read some lines and make up a voice and i thought mm-hmm. that was so cool because it wasn't about them looking at me it was about them looking at peggy mm-hmm. and so i auditioned and then i went home and like my water broke or something <laughs> 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 and and a couple of days later they called and said uh, you have peggy and like i said i care about writing more than any mm-hmm. i mean it's just so important to me and 9 10 11 years Great scripts came to my door every single Monday, the best scripts. They were the writers were so good. I loved, loved that job. Plus, my daughter was growing up, so I got to bring her to the green room with mm. me to like breastfeed and everything. <laughs> yeah.
1: My um producer, my guest producer for the day, Big Dipper, has just done some fact checking. King of the Hill ran for 13 seasons. Wow. Congratulations. And now, of course, is syndicated, I believe, on Adult Swim. So get those residuals, Queen. <laughs> and um, the producer you were mentioning is named Greg Daniels. Greg
0: Daniels. He's a genius. <laughs> he did The Office. He did The Office. He's done so many, like, brilliant things. He's And he's such a – both him and Mike were, like, such great – Straight guys, you know what I mean. (laughs)
1: But it's when you meet a great straight guy, you take note because they are few and far between. (laughs) Yeah,
0: like really kind, really like, and so genius, so so talented. I loved that job. I would say I'm all. I I would say yes in a minute to going back.
1: (laughs) I oh yeah, I would. I mean, what I love about. King of the Hill is that I can relate to it with having um, conservative family members. Mm-hmm. But then I enjoy the ultimate message of the show, which is what I always say is it's conservative characters actually coming to more progressive um, liberal conclusions. Wow. Tonight at
0: eight. You have, to, you, you have to give them that as a tagline. That's like the deepest. That's fantastic. Because Hank Hill
1: is always like starting out uncomfortable with a situation, Mm -hmm. gets thrown into the situation, Mm -hmm. meets the people involved with the situation, connects with them, and by the end of the episode is actually formed a really pragmatic, sensible, common sense, and it's usually more progressive aligned. But my favorite, there's just, I could go on and on, you know, but my grandfather was a combination of Hank and Cotton Hill and (laughs) watching that show just kind of reminds me of my grandfather. And um, where did, where did, where did you grow up?
0: (laughs) Where did you grow up? I grew
1: up in Portland, Oregon, but my grandfather grew up in Georgia and Mm. was in the military. And there's Mm. just so many aspects Mm. of King of the Hill that I can relate to with having some Southern and some, even though it's Texas part of the South, it's like its own special part of the South, right? Mm -hmm. It's like (laughs) Texas South.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I felt like they they were such uh, great producers and writers with all the characters. And of course the genius cast. I mean, Mm -hmm. literally
1: it was was, constant celebrity guests. When, when I remember I I was watching, I was rewatching an episode and I, remember having to pause because it said guest starring Meryl Streep. And I was like, you don't hear about Meryl Streep voicing in animated shows very often. No. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and, and Jinx, it, Jinx, it was like that, like every, like I think our table reads were Wednesdays and uh-huh. we would walk in and we'd have no idea. And there <laughs> was Meryl Streep and there was like, Brad Pitt and there was a, a, a Ben Stiller and there were so many brilliant actors and they were a surprise to us just at the <laughs> table read. I mean you come in with no makeup with the hair on top of your head and you go oh my god Ryan Philly um, anyway um but I do I think uh, other than the Kathy and Mo show which of course is dear to my heart because mm-hmm. I wrote it with Mo and it deals with Issues that you and I both love talking about and and putting up on stage. Um, King of the Hill is one of the best jobs I've ever had. Best best cast, guest stars. It just no no line memorizing, no six a.m. calls, no wardrobe fittings, no traveling. It was I, I again. Oh.
1: I've done a handful of voice um, acting work for animated shows. And literally, if I could fill my entire calendar just voicing Mm -hmm. cartoon (laughs) characters, I would. Because I say it's like getting to do drag without having to get into drag. In drag, yeah. Which I really, really
0: appreciate (laughs) uh, 18 years in. (laughs) What was your favorite um, animated role?
1: Um. Well, there's a few that I can't talk about yet because, you know, animation takes a while to um, to get out there. (laughs) (laughs) But to this day, um, it's I voiced um, a character named Emerald on Steven Universe, and Mm. um, she's the villain of the episode. And Steven Universe is one of my favorite TV shows, animated or not. And, um, you know, from there. I think when you start out in voice acting as kind of like a cameo, they just want you to do your voice. So it's fun to hear um, that person's voice in the character. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have steadily, as I go in for voiceover, acting, auditions, and, um, and when I do get roles, I really insist on showing off that I can do more than one voice because I want... I want some longevity in this career. I don't want to just do the just do the Jinx Monsoon cameo voice. Yeah, yeah. I got other voices inside of me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can we talk about like how great it was to see you win your first season of RuPaul and then how <laughs> mind-blowingly like my my breast got hard when he, <laughs> I mean that I, that was such an exciting moment for me because I'm such a fan. Oh well, I'm such thank a fan. You. Well yeah,
1: you know, I got to say bet- it, it was 10 years between season 5 and All Star 7 and I want to say that one of the biggest things that has been a constant in my life and has progressed my work as an entertainer and my um, work as a human being and just like working on myself is my longstanding friendship with Ben de la Creme and the collaborations that we, we've done.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
1: mentioned Mo Gaffney and you had the Kathy and Mo Show. Um, what did it, What is it about um, those collaborations and those friendships um, <laughs> I know for me, it just makes the work so much more joyful. It makes mm-hmm. it feel more doable to do like big, grand things because I'm not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little a little bit about your um, comedy partnership with Mo Gaffney, um, who... I absolutely adore. She was on um, absolutely fabulous mm-hmm. tons, um, that 70s show. she you could see her, oh, one of our favorite films in the community, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Um, mm. You both have had such wonderful careers. Um, but early on you were doing a live um, uh, a live co-starring stage show, which I believe yeah. got filmed and there's a, the, there's a filmed version of your live show, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's not my life. Sh- it's not a film version of the live show. So it's yeah, it's Mo Gaffney. And we met um, in San Diego where we both grew up and we met sort of uh, by accident. I was curating the Wing Cafe, which was <laughs> a um, it was I it was a gay and lesbian coffee shop uh a mostly lesbian at the time and i would hire the performers or i mean i hire is a, too big of a word i think it was like a seven dollar pay um and so mo came with hot flashes th- these three women and her who did sort of uh politically motivated sketches and mo and i became friends um actually the first time i met mo she, my friend cecilia called up and said kathy um my apartment, our apartment just burned down. Can we come stay at your house tonight? <laughs> and I said okay. And she brought her roommate Mo, and of course Cecilia, she, in a human way, had to go to bed and cry because the apartment burned down. And Mo and I stayed up all night uh, doing characters <laughs> and laughing. <laughs> so, um, so it was great. And she also was <clears throat> a feminist like I was. Um, so we just started for fun showing up at like an AIDS benefit and doing a skit or the back room of a lesbian bar or, you know, just wherever somebody wanted us to come, we'd write a piece. And then we would do locally based shows that we produced ourselves. And then we moved to New York and started doing the back room of Don't Tell Mama, which was so (laughs) fun. And I was like a crazy person writing. She always thought I was like so insane because she'd be like, who are you writing to? And I was like, Uh, the New York times, David Letterman and the people who run the second stage, it's like, do you know them? (laughs) No, but I'm writing them a letter. Hi, we're Kathy and Mo. Anyway. So we ended up getting some people to actually Lily came to, uh, don't tell mama, which is great. Yeah. And, and so then we got some interest from there and we ended up having a short off-Broadway run and then a long off-Broadway run. And then we toured a bit and had to, um, Full length HBO specials, which was so great because it had such reach to mm-hmm. places we could never get to, but it was pretty radical for the time, even for now. So I was half like excited and half in like wondering, like I can't believe that they're letting us say the things that we're saying, <laughs> <laughs> and it's on HBO. <laughs> but, um, but so that was um, that was really how I got known, and honestly to this day the most satisfying work i've ever done.
1: congratulations. um that uh, yeah it's it's so amazing that you were doing that work so early. and um you've talked about feminism and the work is about feminism and You are good friends with um, (laughs) one of the mothers of feminism in America, (laughs) Gloria Steinem, who also officiated your wedding where RuPaul blessed the space. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm listening to your stories, and I I, want to talk about this wedding, but I'm listening to your stories, and I'm realizing that there's a reason that... Um, the queer community has always been drawn to you in your performances and your character portrayals. And I think it's because it sounds like your very beginning of your career was largely in the queer community.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And I have to imagine that a lot of that affected your work and um, it shines through in your characters, you know, your, your character in Sister Act was not a queer character, but we all see ourselves in her, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think everyone can like all the queer community can see themselves in all three witches and Hocus Pocus, but we all have our moments of like (laughs) feeling like the Mary, you know, (laughs) we all relate to your character so much. And I do think there's a lot of overlap between the feminist movement and the queer rights movement, you know, Um, looking for the same things, you know, (laughs) the same respect and equality in this country. So, Mm All of that just goes into me asking, tell me about this wedding with Gloria Steinem and, oh. <laughs> and RuPaul. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I, I met, I met Ru, I believe it was at Basin Street, an underage dance place in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Obviously before anyone knew what, a, you know, we knew what a magical being he was, but the rest of the world didn't yet. Yeah. Um, and we danced together and then, uh, we met uh, later, uh, of course, in the '80s through um, just activism and being known people who support the, the LGBTQ community. Then it was just gay; it was one word. <laughs> there weren't there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of letters, yeah. um, and so um, you know, when I say I'm a feminist, it's like it, it really encompasses both my work as a gay activist and a women's activist and an equality activist because what it really in in this the seat of it is the respect and equality of all people so that of course includes gay community and I grew up influenced by and hanging out um, you know my best friend since I was 14 is gay and so whenever I mean, much like you, whenever there's like an injustice, your head sort of goes to it like a, <laughs> like a brownie on a plate. Like what's that? And so and so, it's been. Uh, I know people say my pleasure, love but It really has been uh, one of the most important things of my life, mm-hmm. being able to have some bit of fame so that I can speak about things that I care about, like the gays. Yeah. <laughs> and, and women and rights and animals and all that shit that I talked about. <laughs> yeah. when
1: Whenever anyone says, um, whenever anyone thanks me for using my voice, I always respond, well, I just have a, lar- a, a loud voice and a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and It feels very similar <laughs> yeah. for both mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. Um, you have starred in so many films. You've made, you, you, you've performed in countless television shows. Do you have like a top three projects that you worked on?
0: Um, oh, how I, Oprah of I you—that's mean, a good Oprah <laughs> question. Huh?
1: I think on the cruise, one of my uh, one of my favorite moments with you and Missy Pyle at the back of that cruise ship is Missy was saying something she was she was being hilarious but she was griping about something and i think your response was call me when you've done 72 films <laughs> like that. wow it was we were all being a little salty with each other but um i absolutely loved it that night hanging out with the two of you was really one of the highlight moments of my career like i said growing up with with you it, it, it's one of those surreal <laughs> things so of your, I'm sure it's well over 72 now, because that was years ago, um, top three projects. And don't worry, we won't tell the other projects. Okay, good.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, I just want to go back to meeting you that night, because like, (laughs) I wish my husband was still here, because he knows that like, I, I, I'm not a person who likes everything. Like I, and I don't enjoy every movie, every TV show, every play. Like I have friends who just love the art of it all. And just, I don't. And so, like I said, there's a double layer of like, Oh, my God, I'm liking this. And thank <laughs> goddess I'm liking this. I can't believe I'm liking it. It feels so good. Like I just saw um, Strange, Strange Loop on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And my I was on the edge of my seat and my mouth was open and I was staring, grasping, putting my hands over my mouth mm-hmm. because I loved it so much. But then the second part of like making like my nipples hard was like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm liking something so much. It's so fun. But that's how I felt watching your show. I, I get this double thing of like, this is so good, and oh, thank the goddess that I love this so much, so fun to love something. So, I your show was unbelievable. What have you thought of coming? I know you have a, a question that I didn't answer, but have you thought <laughs> of of coming to like off Broadway and doing a stage show? Yeah, actually, um, the or Bog- did you do it? Did I miss yeah. it?
1: Yes, we did. And yes, you oh. did. But don't oh, worry. Sure. Um, no, The Vaudevillians is the show that you were talking about. And um, we did a four-month run off-Broadway. We we went for, like, a weekend, and it just kept getting extended um, ah. at the Laurie Beachman
0: Theater. And, I love the Lori Beachman Theater. Aww. Yeah.
1: And we were really lucky. We had lots of celebrity guests come through, one of whom was RuPaul. Mm. And... Um, So we don't really do that show anymore unless it's specially requested. But running off Broadway for four months really gained us the clout and respect in the cabaret community so that we were taken seriously, not just as, you know, like lots of people like to say drag as a qualifier to kind of separate it from
0: Theater. Yeah, Yeah, theater
1: or comedy, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think we really proved to ourselves and to everyone else watching that, like, drag queen cabaret artists are cabaret artists drag mm-hmm. queen musicians, musicians are musicians yeah and yeah. that's kind of where we're at right now and it's really great to see the evolution of that where you know you know we've got Bianca Del Rio she works as a professional stand-up comedian there's no mm-hmm. difference between what she's doing and any other stand-up comedian mm-hmm. so i think we're we're showing the world that We've just chosen drag as the way to communicate these talents, but we're no less talented than anyone else in the field. Blah, no. blah, blah. Your no, top I, three I, projects. Go, <laughs> Kathy to Jimmy. Stop avoiding the question. Top three projects.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say one more thing really quick. Is that... <laughs> when I saw your show on that ship, that's exactly what I thought. It wasn't it it wasn't about drag. You were in drag, but it was a full on play, and you're a great actor. Okay, okay. top three projects. <laughs> okay, I have to say, Kathy and Moe, King of the Hill. Do I have to have been acting in them, or could I have like directed or produced? Yeah, them? let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, oh, wow. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, so many fun things. Kathy and... Oh, you know what I'm going to say? I just did a, a project with my friend, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, flickety flick, <gasps> named her, uh, who I love. And um, this woman named Shelly Wright and Lauren Blitzer. And we produced this book. I'm going to show it to you right now. Called um, My Moments. And this was really satisfying, Jinx. We asked... Mm-hmm. A hundred and six women. What was the moment you first stuck stuck up for yourself or fought for yourself? Mm. And the answers were so mind blowing, and the stories were so forthcoming, and like I, I just so brave. I really loved. I really loved working on this project. But I mean, Sister Act was really fun. The second one was so fun because those kids were so great. And I, of course, just hung out with them because I think in my mind I'm 18, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> we we had so we had so much fun. I, you know, what I'm probably going to do is like hang up from you and afterwards go. I can't believe I didn't mention. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna send them to you, and then I'll do, do a, I'll do a voice thing. And send <laughs> yeah,
1: him- <laughs> we'll just insert it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Speaking of Sister Act, um, I know that you've had a long-standing friendship with Whoopi Goldberg that began well before Sister Act or Rat Race, two films that you both acted in. Can I just say that I love Rat Race? I really, really love Rat Race. It's one of my feel-good movies I, I, I put on because I just love watching a lot of character actors play yeah. really great characters. Um, but you've had a long-standing friendship with of Whoopi Goldberg, mm-hmm. and I have to say, I I say this all the time. I've met a lot of really, you know, iconic people in my world. I don't know what it was, but the first time I met Whoopi Goldberg, my vision went blurry. I was (laughs) certain I was going to faint. It's only happened with two people, and it was actually Whoopi Goldberg and Kristen Chenoweth. And I don't know Uh what it was about those two people because I've met so many people that are just like mind-blowingly iconic to me. But Mm -hmm. there was something about seeing Whoopi Goldberg in real life that my brain couldn't comprehend. And I almost fainted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where did you meet? Where did you meet Chris? You know, she's one of my best friends ever in the world. Where did you meet Christian?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, So, (laughs) so random. But I was doing a tour with a bunch of other queens Um, through the UK and Europe. And we were in Dublin, Ireland. And she had a concert at a college that night. And her assistant had heard that all the queens were going out for a nightcap at a local gay bar, and she wanted to meet us. And there was a server that night who kind of looked like her. And we hadn't yet been told that Kristen chenoweth was going to be there but this server's walking around with this blonde bun on the top of her head and me and my assistant kept joking about how she looked like Kristen chenoweth <laughs> and then Kristen chenoweth walks into the room and my assistant goes okay this is going to sound like i'm making it up but i'm not making it up don't freak out, play it cool. But Kristen Chenoweth just walked in and I'm like, yeah, right. It's just the server again. I turn around and I see the server and I'm like, yeah, you got me. And then just be on the server. It's like yes. my my focus my vision (laughs) zoomed in on Kristen (laughs) I saw her and I almost fainted but then she was so kind and so generous with her time taking photos and saying hello to all of us and she turned to me at one point and I guess her assistant had showed her some videos of me singing maybe songs from Wicked or something because I used to do those in my acts and stuff um But one point in the night, Kristen and I are kind of off by ourselves together, and she turns to me and she says, Jinx, I just want you to know that you have a beautiful gift, and you should um, always protect your instrument. And I am a singer (laughs) who— That's (laughs)
0: such a a good impression of her.
1: Oh, I'm a singer who hates when people call your singing voice your gift or your instrument. Mm-hmm. But when Kristen Chenoweth said it to me, it? I turned to her and I was like, I will, Kristen, I will protect my gift and my instrument.
0: Mm-hmm. I love so. her. She's a great, great friend. <laughs> really long time, great friend. I love
1: her. <laughs> oh wait, you asked
0: me something about Whoopi, but uh, I forgot what. Just,
1: your, your friendship started um, with you two, was it st- sketch comedy? Well, no, I actually met her in San Diego. Uh, you so met long everyone ago. in San Diego. Well, San Diego was the up. place to be, I guess. guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, uh, is where I was growing up. And. I think we just sort of met on the crazy artistic circle, you know, where people are doing performance art and trying to get a job and and working twelve jobs. And she was working at the big kitchen as a wait person. And I met her, and I loved her. And and I met her daughter. And I fact, in fact, I I was able to take her daughter to to kindergarten a couple of times because <laughs> I had a car. And like and, and so and and Whoopi came and she did a great show at the Old Globe Theater. She was a big. Uh, hit, hit in, in San Diego, and then we both got cast in this four-person touring political theater group, mm-hmm. and we toured around San Diego and outlying areas, mm-hmm. and uh, we got to to write a lot of the sketches ourselves, and and then, honest to God, people don't believe it, but, like, the first movie we did together, which was, um, what was it? Soap Dish. Soap Dish. So I walk on the, I saw, I walk on the set of of Soap Dish. And she's like, you're in this. I was like, you're in this. And then walking in the next one that we're in, you're in this, you're in this. <laughs> so it was like four movies that we were in until finally, uh, and always excited to, to see each other. But, you know, I think people thought that there was some grand scheme in place where, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, So we did several movies and then uh, Sister Act came along. And and, uh, uh, of course, I knew that she was starring in it, but I don't think she knew that I was auditioning at the time (laughs) for it. I had, oh God, I think five auditions. I was doing Kathy and Mo at a big theater in San Francisco at night, waking up, taking the bus to the airport, getting on a flight, flying to Los Angeles, auditioning, flying back, getting on the bus to the theater, doing a show that night. I think I did that five or six times. Uh, Because something in my head knew that this was probably like something I I should be in. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I love, so anyway, yeah. That's amazing.
1: do you ever have moments i'm sure it's old hat for you you know you've been in this business so long but do you still ever have moments where it just catches you for a second like Think of the career you've had, the career um, Whoopi's had, th- where Rue's at in his career. Do you ever have moments where you're like, I can't believe I was at the ground floor of meeting all these people and working with these people? Mm-hmm. You know, like all of you have just, I, I, I think you're really indicative of the hustle that existed in the mm-hmm. entertainment business mm-hmm. that I think people are forgetting about now that there's Lots of different ways in, you know. Now we've got different, all these different social media platforms. People Mm -hmm. are finding their audiences in so many different ways. Uh, And you're describing a time where it wouldn't have happened probably if you weren't making those flights to LA and and flying back and forth and putting that hustle in. Um, So I I just wonder, like, how do you pat yourself on the back? How do you take moments to appreciate? the life that you've led (laughs) or is it just so natural (laughs) for you that, you know, it's me as an outsider looking in thinking she must sit around all day just thinking, I really did all that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a very thoughtful question. I like that question. I think it's because I, I grew up with like no options, Mm. you know, not a lot of dough. Like not, I'm not a skinny person, not necessarily a, a way that, um, Girls were supposed to look then or even now. And, you know, no, I didn't know any famous people. Everyone was working really hard in my family. So I'm I'm actually, this sounds like such the inside of a fortune cookie, but I'm really grateful that I didn't have anything because everything had to come from the ground up. I just had to start and, and I had nothing to lose. Like when I was writing those letters by hand about you have to come <laughs> to the to the to the wing cafe to see the Kathy and Mo show. Like and, and and then when I got to New York, same thing, like writing every famous people I could think of getting an, an address. Not that they knew me, but I would just send. And so what happens is it's like. Every success is such a delicious surprise because you're not expecting anything and there's nothing you're used to. So every time someone shows up at the back of, you know, don't tell mama at midnight on a Saturday, it's like, what? Like, I can't. So and so I didn't ever expect expect anything but i was willing to do the work because it was fun i didn't mind it it was i had nothing to lose what was i going to lose my modeling <laughs> career you know what i mean so i i i i really loved those years and still today like i hustle i hustle for my charities and i hustle to get people at fundraising events and so i um it's like a huge game. You might relate to this. It's like this huge mm-hmm. game, and you look at it and it goes, "How many of these can I win? Like, which mm-hmm. of these can I really?" Win? And each one that you win, you're, you're surprised at, but you're like, "Excellent, next one." So, um yeah, I I haven't ever struggled to the point where I was really, really sad about the struggle. I think I just got into the struggle and was like, "What have you got to lose?" Yes. Yeah. Jump in and try it out. Um, and still to this day, like, I don't expect things.
1: Yeah. I think that is another part of your life story that's really going to resonate with um, my queer listeners. Um, I, I, it really resonates with me having a similar start in the career. You know, I started at 15 years old in drag. Um, where, it, where, <laughs> what
0: part of what part of the world were you in?
1: Portland, F- Oregon. Okay. Um, and it was a great place to be an underage drag queen. But the hustle has been real in my life. And I do have moments where I'm just like, I have to kind of like pat myself on the back and be like, you've really done, you've done good kid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I'm also very much thinking, okay, what's the next project? (laughs) Let's not sit around and let's not wait for the next thing to happen. I have some compulsory questions um, that I ask every guest at the end of the episode, and okay. you may answer them however you feel. There's right. no right or wrong answer. Um, first question: Before is, you ask me the questions,
0: yeah. I I want to make sure that I've said enough. My husband, <laughs> knows, my husband knows this. I don't like everything. I don't like a lot of <laughs> you things. You said it so much. <laughs> but I I just want to tell you not only. Do I love how good you are, how unique you are, how you've designed this thing that hasn't been designed before. <laughs> emerging of of this brilliant writing, emerging of this brilliant writing and acting and drag and philosophy and speaking in this humble way which shakes the earth. I just <laughs> I and I I just am so grateful that I get to love you. <laughs>
1: don't turn my head so kathy to jimmy
0: it's da- true DeLa
1: will never hear the end of this and consider this right now your formal invitation to the jinx and DeLa holiday show which will be okay. on tour in the winter dayla made me promise that i would personally invite you whatever city you're in we'll set up the tickets for you and your husband dan and anyone else great. you want to
0: bring <laughs> great thank you my and first our lover, is Char- our lover is Charlotte. I want to, I want to be <laughs> relevant. <laughs> my
1: first okay, question questions. for you yes, is yes, yes. Who yes. is your celebrity crush today? Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and you said it with such conviction, I don't think mm-hmm. I need any follow up.
0: <laughs> Mark Ruffalo and LL Cool <laughs> J. Perfect.
1: Um, my next question for you is Are you spiritual?
0: Yes, I am. Yeah, I I grew up Catholic, but I don't subscribe to any of those things. Um, and you know, I never really did. But I love the idea of something, um, higher, a uh, higher power, uh, to be grateful to or to pray to, if whether it exists or not, it makes me feel good. Agreed. My last question for you is,
1: what is your go-to karaoke song?
0: Oh, um. Day by day from Godspell.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I know that they rushed you a little bit on my end, but you know we have five full minutes left if you need anything else. Do you need well, any other Well, all I
1: want is to give you um, a chance. We know that Hocus Pocus 2 comes out on Disney Plus September 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned your book that you um, co-created with Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> with
0: uh Kristen Chenoweth and Shelley Wright and Linda Perry and Lauren Blitzer and it's called My Moment and it's Simon and Schuster. It was really such a great journey just contacting my friends mm-hmm. and hearing their stories some of them that I didn't even know. So that was really fun. Yeah, 106 women. Uh what was the moment you first for yourself and uh I love the book you know one thing I really love about it is that you don't have to commit you could turn to page 100 read three pages put it down mm-hmm. and then later on pick up and read somebody else's story you know yeah. what I mean like there's so many great Allison Russell I mean there's just really some great stories in here I'm really proud to be a part of it okay next question
1: <laughs> are you on the socials do <laughs> you Do you have, um, do you have Instagram, Twitter, all that? Where can everyone follow you so they stay abreast of the (laughs) Kathy and Jimmy schedule?
0: (laughs) Uh, I wish I was better at social media. It sort of came after my timeline of like age. I was like, what's this new thing? Why should we care about it? But I am on Instagram under my name. Um, Kathy Monsoon, and (laughs) I am on Twitter, and I am on, what else is there? I don't know. know, Facebook? No, I'm not on Facebook. I hate to break it to
1: you, but you're famous enough that they can all just Google you, and Google will (laughs) direct them directly to your pages. Um, Kathy, you are such, I, I mean... I've met you now on that cruise ship. Yes. We've done Provincetown together. And yes. one fateful night that I love dropping into conversation is when we met. I arrived as you were leaving at Neil Patrick Harris's um, Christmas party. Uh, Christmas party. And that was such, that was uh, just one of those amazing evenings, you um, Uh, I I immediately went straight to you. I walked in and went straight to Kathleen and Jimmy and we had a lovely, (laughs) lovely short chat. And then next I was on to Christina Hendricks to tell her that everyone tells me I look like her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Everybody tells me I look like you. (laughs) um, No, I just, I I love you so much. I, again, it's a double, it's a double, (laughs) Feeling that we happens. got
1: both nipples hard. We're uh, Kathy to Jimmy gives it two hard nipples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're Too doing hard
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> when are you coming to Manhattan? Stop with all this foolishness and then out place where you're at right now. Where
1: are um, you at right now? I am in Spokane, um, Washington, about to do s- two stand-up comedy shows back-to-back tonight. When? And Dela and I will be in New York. We have two nights at Town Hall with our when? holiday show. When? I, think, I believe our New York stops are December 3rd and 4th, but um, listeners can go to jinxanddayla.com for all the information on that. And, and I- listeners, listeners <laughs> should buy
0: tickets because Kathy and Jimmy is going to be at one of those New York shows. <laughs> yeah
1: we're going to set it up for you. Um, And Kathy's going to take all the open seats. If y'all don't already have your tickets, (laughs) but I want to thank you so much, miss Najimi, for being my guest today. You have always been gracious, lovely and everything I could hope for in the icon that you are. So thank you so much for
0: your time. (laughs) Thank you, darling. Thank you for being the unique human that you are. You're a breath of fresh air. You are fantastic. I love you. I love you too. Have a great
1: rest of your day. Me too. Bye. Bye. And thank you all so much for listening to Hi, Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi, Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at The Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi, Jinx. Oh, M-M. Mom. To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska
0: Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.